You are listening to Gone But Never Forgotten. Our topics can include, but are not limited to, murder, sexual assault, graphic and gruesome details, and more. These topics are adult in nature and are not meant for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. The foolish game goes by many names. In Canada, we call it Ding Dong Ditch or Nicky Nicky Nine Doors. In the United States, it's called Doorbell Ditch and Ring and Run. And in Europe, it goes by names like Chappie, Knock Off Ginger, and more. Most people know the premise. You get dared by a friend to run up to a stranger's house and either knock on the door or ring the doorbell, and then you and your amused friends either run or you hide. On January 19th of 2020 in Corona, California, some young teenage boys were out celebrating a birthday when the group dared one of the friends to ding-dong dash at a home on Majeska Summit Road. Little did they know that when they drove away from that home laughing and having a good time, that their night and their entire lives were about to change forever. Hello. My name is Lance, and welcome to episode 113 of Gone But Never Forgotten. Ding Dong Dash Turns to Murder. The Murders of Drake Ruiz, Daniel Hawkins, and Jacob Evascu. As I mentioned off the top of the episode, Ding Dong Dash is at the center of the story this week. It is a prank or a game that actually dates back to the 19th century in England and may in fact trace back even further than that. The game is played by children all over the world from many different cultures and simply involves a person, usually dared or egged on, knocking on the front door of a home and then running away or hiding before the door is answered. Interestingly, even though I think most people would not call police when someone knocked on their door or rang their doorbell in this fashion, they would in fact be well within their rights to do so. The person knocking on the door could in fact be charged with trespassing and disturbing the peace. On January 19th of 2020 in Corona, California, six boys were together. Parents said that they were together celebrating a birthday party. The boys were in a car driven by 18-year-old Sergio Camposano. The other boys were 13-year-old Joshua Hawkins, 14-year-old Joshua Evascu, and three 16-year-old boys, Daniel Hawkins, Jacob Avascu, and Drake Ruiz. 
The six boys were having a sleepover when the group dared one of the boys to do a doorbell ditch around 10.30 p.m. at night. The six boys then drove to a home on Majeska Summit Road that they reportedly believed was the home of someone they went to school with. The boys pulled up to the home and then one of them ran up and rang the doorbell of the home and ran back to the Prius that the other boys were all still inside of. The man who did live at the address, who was certainly not the friend that the boys believed that lived there, said that the boy also mooned him, exposing his bare buttocks at him before the Prius drove away. The man... Anurag Chandra then got into his 2019 Infiniti Q50 and began to drive very quickly after the boys in the Prius. Anurag Chandra was 42 years old at the time of the prank and subsequent car chase that we are about to talk about. He was of Indian descent and was not a stranger to the law. At the time that all of this went down, Chandra was facing charges of spousal violence and child endangerment stemming from a domestic abuse case at home with his family. Whether he was historically known as an angry man or not, that was something that was seeming to emerge within him around this time. And on January 19th of 2020, that anger exploded in an incredible and insane way. Chandra pursued the boys in their vehicle and he caught up with them, only a half mile from his house. Which really does kind of tell you how quickly Chandra seemingly made the decision that he was so angry about having his doorbell rang and about seeing a bum that he needed to get into his vehicle and do something about it. Chandra would later say in court that his motivation was that he was afraid for the safety and the well-being of his family. He said that he was scared and that he was angry. In his words, he was, quote, extremely, extremely mad, unquote. What he described was seeing a man in the dark of night and in a hoodie approaching his house, ringing the doorbell, and then, of course, mooning him and jumping back into a car with friends. I guess for me, listen, I understand explosive anger. It's one of those wonderful gifts that I've been given in this life. However, I cannot comprehend being so angry at what happened here that I would feel the need to race off after what was obviously teenagers and take time out of my day for such a thing. But, alas, that is exactly what Chandra decided to do. Once the boys realized that the man from the house was pursuing them, they attempted to make a U-turn to escape and get away from Chandra, but that didn't work and Chandra stayed in pursuit of the vehicle. Near the intersection of Squaw Mountain Road and Temiskel Canyon Road, Chandra caught up with the Prius and he started to hit the car with his vehicle. 
He rear-ended the car and he also sideswiped the vehicle, forcing it off of the road where the car came to an abrupt stop when it slammed into a tree on the east side of the road. It was determined that in the pursuit and the attack of the car that these six teenagers were inside of, Chandra had reached speeds of 99 miles per hour, or 160 kilometers per hour. After clearly being aware of, at the very least, the severity of this car accident, Chandra turned his car around, drove right past the wreckage that he had caused, and he drove home. He did not call anyone, and he did not report the accident to anyone. The accident, thankfully, was witnessed by numerous people, and some of them even followed Chandra home so that they could report him to the authorities. Chandra was very quickly arrested, and at the scene, the news was heartbreaking to families and the community at large as word got out that the three young 16-year-old boys had lost their lives when that car was driven off of the road. Jacob Avascu died at the scene of the accident, and Daniel Hawkins and Drake Ruiz both died after being transported to a local hospital. The three other boys who had to be removed from the car by firefighters were 18-year-old Sergio Camposano, 13-year-old Joshua Hawkins, and 14-year-old Joshua Evascu. They were also injured in that rage accident. As you can see with the last names, two of the boys who lost their lives had younger brothers in the vehicle who were also injured in that crash. Sadly, here where I live, we had an instance where a vehicle went missing overnight and was found, and all six of the teenagers inside of the vehicle had passed away. So, on some level, I can understand just how absolutely crushing this can be not only to families of victims, but to the community at large. Chandra would be charged with three counts of first-degree murder, and also with three counts of attempted murder. As the case moved towards trial, it was of course centered around the testimony of the three boys who had survived this attack and the families of the victims, both murdered and still alive, showed solidarity and spoke out often about the case. Many members of the families even talked about their forgiveness and the need for forgiveness for Chandra as their lives led up to the trial. However, with forgiveness, they also welcomed the justice that they hoped would be served in court for the lives lost and for the lives forever changed on that day. At trial, Chandra talked about the fact that he had been drinking that night, 12 beers, in fact, within three hours before his doorbell was rang. He also had been recently sentenced to time served for the domestic abuse charges that he had recently faced. The prosecution was able to show that Chandra's anger was becoming a problem, and that certainly the fact that he had been drinking heavily did not help matters in this case neither. Chandra also said that he had not planned to crash into the boy's car that day. 
That may sound like a rather foolish statement considering the fact that he drove so fast and rammed into their car multiple times. But the reality is that that was the defense team's way of trying to ensure that there was no intent admitted to within the case. Intent is, of course, key for first-degree murder charges. By saying that he did not intend to hit their car when he chased after them, all Chandra was trying to relay was that he did not intend to do what happened and ultimately what caused three murders. As far as the fact that he did not stop after he caused what was really a brutal accident, Chandra said that he had not stopped because he didn't believe, at the time, that anyone would have been injured in the accident. This just gets to me. I mean, you want to try and prove, based on state of mind, that Chandra was not planning to kill these six teenagers. Fine, I get that. As a defense lawyer, that's your job. However, the state of mind that we're talking about is within a man who drove about as fast as he possibly could have. He rammed a car, he caused it to crash into a tree, and he didn't believe that it was something that needed to be reported. This man believed that someone else would call this in because he had doled out his punishment. Later, when we talk about the punishment that Chandra got in this case and the reactions of his defense team, please call back in your minds to the fact that Chandra believed that the penalty for one boy ringing his doorbell and showing him his backside was to be chased down and driven off of the road, causing, at the very least, destruction of personal property. This man whose intentions that day seemed to be murder from the outset, in my mind, was at the very least drunk and irrational, and at worst, he was simply a full-blown psychopath and a menace to society. I'll be sure to share the photos of this tragic accident on social media and on the YouTube video for this episode, but... When you see the wreckage that Chandra had to drive past to leave the scene, you'll understand that there was no way that he did not know that the teenagers inside of that car were at the very least injured. When the prosecution and the defense rested their cases in April of 2023, The jury would be sent to deliberate, and they only needed three hours to return to the courtroom and to render a verdict of guilty upon Anurag Chandra for those three counts of first-degree murder, three counts of attempted murder, and a special circumstance of allegation of multiple murders. That special circumstances bit, as we've talked about in the past, is something that is needed so that the person being charged can be considered for the worst penalties for their crimes. In this case, that meant life without parole and the death penalty were possibilities, essentially. For point of reference, though, as of June 2023, California does view the death penalty as a legal penalty, 
but there will not be any sentences carried out because of a moratorium that was ordered by Governor Gavin Newsom. On July 17th of 2023, at the age of 45, Anurag Chandra was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Riverside County District Attorney Mike Hestron said after the sentencing hearing that, quote, the lives of countless families will never be the same because of one man's anger, callousness, and outrageous conduct. And I am grateful to Judge Navarro for imposing the maximum sentence in this case. Unquote. On the flip side, Chandra's attorney, David Wool, said that after the trial, that the convictions for first degree murder were a complete and total overreach, and that he was already planning to file a motion for an entirely new trial. He said that he knew that emotions had been high in the entire community after the untimely deaths of three young members within it. He did, however, go on to say, quote, I think that we felt worst case scenario would be voluntary manslaughter, but we also thought we had made a great case for an acquittal outright, unquote. He said that the battle has now just begun in his mind. One of the things that certainly stood out to me about this case was the fact that Chandra himself and then even his legal counsel kept saying that what happened that night was so much more than a game of ding-dong ditch. Part of their presentation seemed to be that this was so much different because Chandra had seen a kid in a hoodie and because that teenager had mooned him. I don't understand how that says anything at all that defends Chandra. It seems pretty cut and dried that Chandra decided that he was judge, jury, and executioner once that doorbell had been rung. The other part that's weird to me is the line of defense that Chandra was afraid for his family. If he was so worried for his family, does it seem like a smart decision for him to take off from the house, drunk, mind you, like a bat out of hell, to chase after someone, effectively leaving his wife and children alone. None of the things that were said to defend this man come even remotely close to proving anything in my mind. I see nothing but guilt based on his words, his defense, his actions, and of course the end result. The only reason that this wasn't your standard game of ding-dong ditch, as Wool was quoted as saying, was because his client decided to escalate this game to something much more devious, destructive, and ultimately costly. As a snide comment, as an aside, I did see a lot of research for this case, and not once did I come across any statements from Chandra's family where they talked about leniency for their father or for their husband. I didn't see anyone really rushing to his defense, and one has to wonder when you connect the dots if other lives were saved down the road from this explosive man who seems to like to drink a lot and doesn't seem to have a very good grasp of the world 
around him. This episode serves as a reminder that we need to remember to love the people around us and perhaps be a lot less quick to anger. My generation was famous for pranks like this, and thankfully the stories didn't end the way that this one did. There is so much hatred in this world, so much anger, and we also need to remember to love on our kids, and we need to hug our kids as much as we can because you just never know what the future holds. Three friends that were out just having a good time and some fun didn't come home that night, and three more will never forget what happened for as long as they live. Goners, thank you again so much for tuning in and again, as always, supporting the podcast. Thank you for tuning in each and every week. And I hope that you will love and endeavor every week to be better. I'll see you next time.